CheersCast is a proud part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Three bedrooms, two and a half baths, a formal dining room, a huge fireplace in the living room. Excuse me for interrupting, but we're not looking for a house. I know, I already found it. No, I mean that we agreed to live in my apartment for a year first. Well, yes, that was the original plan. But that was before I saw hardwood floors, bay windows, crown moldings. So what's wrong with my apartment? Well, granted, this house doesn't have your view of the exotic dancing academy. (laughs) You want to go where everybody knows your name. Hello and welcome back to CheersCast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and joining me to discuss the penultimate episode of Season 5, please welcome back Isabel Ayer. How's it going, Isabel? Great. I'm really excited to be back, that I didn't totally blow it on my first (laughs) go-around. No, there's always a second chance to make a bad impression, so we'll see how (laughs) this one goes. (laughs) I'm teasing, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, as as we were just talking about before, uh, the last time you were here, you mentioned that you had wanted to defend the Sam and Diane romance this season, um, which I haven't been enamored of throughout the life of season five um, because of the way I, I felt like it depicted Diane. Um, and, and when you were here that last episode, just because of the nature of that one, we didn't really get into it that much. Um, but now's the last chance. <laughs> we, That's we really, true. We're, we're running it. We're running out of room because this is the last one and this is a big one all about them. So Let's uh, let's get into this episode, and then we can talk about Sam and Diane a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at season five, episode twenty-five. A house is not a home. Uh, this title, of course, is a reference to a nineteen sixty-four film of the same name. This one is written by Fief Sutton, directed by Jim Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, April thirtieth, nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, so May sweeps actually started in April this year for NBC. Uh, Diane sees a house for sale on her way to Cheers and is so taken with it that she puts down an offer without consulting Sam. Though mad initially, Sam warms to the house once he sees it. Before they can move in, however, Sam and Diane meet Bert and Lillian Miller, the elderly couple selling the house. Diane is overly sensitive to the Miller's sad farewell to the home of so many years and so many memories. Diane refuses to live in the house that she feels rightfully belongs to the Millers, but also refuses to sell the house to any other couple that won't respect the previous owner's family history. At Fraser's suggestion, Sam and Diane agree to host one more Christmas celebration for the Miller family to give them one final cherished family memory. When Sam feels that the Millers are asking too much and Diane willing to give them more holidays, he finally has enough. He declares the house his and Diane's and tells the Millers they have to move on with their lives so that he and Diane can start theirs. This territorial demonstration works on Diane, who at last feels like the house belongs to them once Sam has claimed it for them. All right, Isabel, what did you think about this one? I, I have, I'm of several minds about this episode. So I will confess, uh, before you asked me to do this episode of the show, 
I had never actually seen this episode of Cheers. Basically, I was so depressed when I found out that Shelley Long left the show that were for a very long time. I just never watched the last couple episodes of season five because it was just too uh, it was just too depressing for me. So um, I never actually seen this one, and um, I was thinking about I think on a previous show that you did with someone else. I can't remember which one. You discussed what the show would have been like if Shelley Long had decided to stay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think basically you were like, well, it probably would have just become like a domestic comedy and would not have been really cheers anymore. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if Shelley Long, if they still thought there was a chance that she might stay on the show. But this almost feels like I don't want to say like a, a backdoor pilot to a different show. But this feels like a, this does feel like a domestic comp. It, it feels very different from a typical episode of Cheers. The mm-hmm. tone of, to me at least, the tone feels very different. It does feel like a domestic comedy. And uh, I mean, it, like I'll say it, it's kind of, I didn't think it was really that funny. I thought it was sweet and cute. Like I, I liked it, but this was both sort of, uh, I felt like as somebody like Sam and Diane's relationship, this episode kind of, I feel like affirms my view that there is a universe where these characters have a functional relationship but also kind of is a good case for why it was probably a better thing that Shelley Long chose to leave the show. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'll say. That's my, that's where my broad strokes take on this episode. I, I think I'm of the same mind. And I, again, like this is something that I wish I had been paying more attention to when I began this season, because I think in more than half of the episodes this season, they leave the bar and actually have scenes set elsewhere, like in different sets, different locations. Uh, from the from the ep- season premiere when they're on a boat and then they go to like this restaurant in the Cape, to Fraser and Lilith's apartment, uh, to the the hotel with Dr. Simon Finchroyce, and in between, there's just tons of like places and new settings. This one, the fact that for the last two episodes, we're going to spend a sizable chunk of time in a house that is nominally Sam and Diane's new house, their home, their residence, you would think that they are setting this up to be the secondary location for the show. Like, Shelley Long had announced her intention to leave well before the season began, but it's also established, and I'll talk a little bit more about this on the next episode, that they filmed multiple endings for the season finale on the off chance that she did change her mind or that they convinced her to come back. And yeah, I, I think you're right. This sort of does kind of like set up like this idea of like, what if Cheer season six had been half at the bar and half Sam and Diane at home doing this kind of like domestic thing? And, and what would that have been like? Um, I, I think that's the only reason to create a, a set like this that, that they plan to use multiple times. Well, um, yeah, well, there's also, I think there's also the aspect of when you know that one half of your star couple team is leaving the show, then why do you do an entire episode about those characters buying a house together? Right, which is in, by, by its nature a sense of permanence and a fixture. Right. It's like, that's very much, if you just, you know, take the episode isolated, you know, on its own merits, that's one thing. But like from an overall mythology standpoint, 
it's like these characters are never going to live in this house together. We know that now. Right. <laughs> so, or at least, I mean, I guess they start living to like they're they're living in this house in the the season five finale, presumably, or are they? Have yes, they moved yes, into they're, it? Yep, they, they are. Okay. Seen, yeah, yeah. So they have exactly one episode in this house, and <laughs> and I don't know. In season six, do they ever explain what Sam did with the house? Presumably, he was it was in his name, right? I. I mean, I'll, I'll revisit that episode very soon, but I don't believe so. It's established, and I, I don't want to show off too much, but like, yeah, he ends up selling the bar, but I don't know if they ever even mention the house at all. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, that could be an interesting thing is like, what did Sam, did he like leave it as a graveyard monument to their relationship? It's kind of an interesting, <laughs> interesting question. But the other thing about, um, the other thing about this episode that to me feels much more like a um, domestic comedy rather than a romantic comedy is, so most of the um, Sam and Diane centric episodes uh for at least the first uh, four and a half seasons, they're very much, you know, it's a romantic comedy, will they, won't they scenario. So they're very much focused on, you know, the problems, whatever, the problems between the two characters and their opposing, um, I guess, I don't know, like whatever ways of seeing the world. And, you know, a lot of the joke is about how incompatible they are in so many ways with this, this feels much more like domestic comedy in the sense that, I never felt for a minute, like these characters are very settled in their relationship. Mm -hmm. This is like, a it's more like a husband wife type of conflict Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're very comfortable in the knowledge that that there was no drama about them breaking up over anything that happened in this episode. No, no. Like, I mean, you, if for all intents and purposes, they're played as if they are already married. Yeah. 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 And so it's just, it's a very different, I mean, I actually liked aspects of that. And that's kind of the part of it that I'm saying, like, oh, I feel this sort of, this episode vindicates my point of view in some ways, because I feel like it shows a path forward for these characters where they could have, you know, a relationship where they obviously have very different perspectives and ways of living and stuff. And there's conflict, but it's actually kind of playful and played for laughs and more like, yeah, like a husband-wife comedic duo. So Yeah, that- and, and I we talked about this a little bit on a previous episode when we uh when i covered dinner at eightish the the one uh with uh frazier and lil and lilith moving in together where that episode really kind of cemented for maybe for the first time sam and diane being on the same page and the same wavelength as a couple mm-hmm. um, right. where i mean that one was very much about frazier and lilith like budding romance and and yes. can they survive their first dinner for a couple you know like sam and diane were the the established couple at that point um, right. which we've now had for five years and kind of feels like at this point yeah like if, if not technically then certainly functionally for these last couple episodes they have been and felt like a married couple and to now introduce this new element of giving them a home i mean i would just assume had they continued it would have been half domestic and i mean they they sort of teased in an earlier episode this idea of what happens if they have a family how how would they treat kids right. you would think that that would be a new element of the show of them of diane not shelly long but diane actually getting pregnant and them like trying to raise a family and all these things and yeah, it, I mean, it might have been an interesting and kind of fun show about these couple, about this this couple 
staying together but is it cheers yeah exactly that's the thing is that there is a kind of um there's a bite to cheers like there's almost a little it, it has a little bit of a maybe just because it's set in a bar the nature of mm-hmm. bar comedy is kind of like the people who spend a lot of times in bars are kind of downbeat depressed people and that's the humor of it and so that kind of a little bit more fluffy romance it's just it's kind of like this isn't cheers isn't really a family comedy i mean i think that they would have made it work it just would have been a very different show probably would not have run as long um i do think that this episode um shows a i like the side of sam that you see i think that it's nice that the show really takes his perspective on the house and and like owning a home very seriously i i liked that because I think an earlier version of the character just wouldn't have been had any interest in this really. I mean, they kind of play a little bit with him not being about it at the beginning of the episode. If we want to get into the beats, we can, but yeah, let's, let's go through the episodes. So um, our teaser um, it's one of these one-offs that's not really related to anything. And we find that Carla is feeling down as she like orders uh, places in order with Woody and she's, upset because her life sucks compared to everybody else you know norm has this new job fraser is happy i love it that carla says since he met his creepy girlfriend that's great like, probably, description description yeah. and actually one of the more tame descriptions she'll have for lilith as the show goes on and she says sam has given up women and decided to marry diane i did laugh at that yeah. and she asks woody how he manages to stay so happy and he goes he, he says, you mean, what do I do when I see Mr. Blues peeking around the corner? And she's like, oh, God, you even have a cute name for depression? So Woody kind of, the whole beat is he takes this moment to himself to think about a happy thought. And he starts laughing. And she's like, what did you think of it? And he's like, I'm glad I'm not you. And she blows the foam of a beer right into his face in retaliation. It's a good joke. I, I think a little bit, I, I think this be it would be hard to imagine Woody doing this later on to have him like sort of be so deliberately like like punching at Carla or anybody else like he would take a a shot at her um, um I feel like there was an episode where he did a very similar joke with Diane it was like mm. every, it was like it was like everybody in the bar was making fun of Diane I don't remember about what and then she turns to Woody and he says something nice and then turns it around and makes it into a joke, like her the butt of the joke. So I, sometimes I think Woody has a little bit of that one of the boys in the bar, you know, slightly, mm-hmm. you know, boy, boys club mean spirit moments. He, I mean, yeah. overall, even coach occasionally would uh, do a low blow at a person. And, and obviously Carla is a character who can take it. Right. Right. She's like an easy target in that sense because there's nobody that she is above punching down on. Yeah, she'll yeah she'll swing right back, which she does. With the, yeah, exactly. The bl- it's not quite. The, yeah, yeah. I, I can't see Woody doing this with Cliff. Maybe. Well, actually, I don't know. Yeah. Cliff is also an easy target occasionally. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if Woody always knows that. I think Woody genuinely thinks. That, well, Woody even says as much that Mr. Clavin is one of the smartest people he knows. Yeah, that's so. true. That is true. Speaking of that, after the credits, uh, Woody is updating the Cheers newsletter, and he wants to know if Norm has been up to anything. And he's like, I don't know. What did you write last month? And he's like, Nothing. He's like, Oh, then it's not news. Um, so he asks if Fraser has been up to anything, and Fraser 
does gives this little mini monologue about how he's uh maybe it's just the maturity of age or you know settling down with his new lady love and he's like he's finally found out who he is and he's happy with that person and what he's like all right nothing new for mr for dr crane as a uh, classic navel gazer myself i really appreciated fraser's uh, self-examination <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i also uh, don't think it would translate well into a newsletter update <laughs> So D- Diane comes into the bar excited, ostensibly because there was an eight-car pile up on her way to work. Which she's like, "Okay, that doesn't sound good." Um, but what it happens was because of the the car garage that sent her on an alternate route, where she saw the perfect house for her and Sam. Uh, and Sam, you know, mentioned that, that they weren't looking for a house. Their plan was to live in his apartment for a year, and. Cyan makes it sound like that was a reluctant agreement on her part. And he's like, what's wrong with my apartment? She's like, okay, granted, the new house doesn't have your view of the exotic dancing academy. <laughs> yeah, that was I, that was one of the highlights I, of the scene. I, I thought that was perfect. Like, if that was the only thing we ever knew about Sam's apartment. But yes, that was... Well, we have been there a few times. I love it. During their talk, Cliff, Cliff jumps in. He's like, I hate to be a Budinsky. And he tells them that it's the worst time to buy a house unless you find the real motivated seller and it just so happens that he can put them in a three bedroom house how does it with fish netting over the patio and a handmade lava rock fireplace and you just see diane's face like oh, that's not no 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 but even while she's making that face norma's like really Cliff, that kind of sounds like your house and he's like, well, it is my house, Norm. Norm goes, I thought your mother was going to live there until the day she died. Cliff says, well, she's clean and she doesn't eat much. <laughs> and that's a, that's Diane a whole is like other... almost, yeah, Diane is like, at that point, she's almost willing to like physically brush Cliff aside. Like, just get out of the way. Stop interrupting. Yeah, oh. that, that, would be a di- that would be a totally different sitcom. Uh, Sam and Diane move in with Ma Clavin. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carla... Oh, surprisingly, at first, likes the idea of the house, especially since it has a basement. And he's, she's like, you can convert it to a dungeon. When uh, Sam is done torturing Diane, he can bury her under the cement floor and cover it with a ping pong table. And Sam, who has been thinking about the house just kind of like in his own silent way, is like, all right, well, maybe. <laughs> it sounds like he's agreeing with Carla's plan. But he's very quick to he's very quick to clarify that he is agreeing with Diane that he will consider it. But at first, he, he tells Diane, he's like, why are you so, why are you so fixed on this? She's like, well, because we own it. And she reveals that she put down a tiny little deposit without consulting him. It seems like this might be the plot of the episode, except then we cut to the actual house. And at some point, like some time has passed because Sam is coming in and he says, every time I'm here, I like it all the butter. So like once once he sees the place he he falls for it the same way she did and now we're we're moving on um like he, he he's all in and there's a, like a bit of a maturity there because he does reluctantly admit that they spent way too much um yeah they agree on that well i think that's interesting you can compare this episode with the episode where he buys the wedding ring yeah where i feel like that was also a similar premise in the sense that it's a married couple or couple to be married you know rite of passage conflict or whatever it's like oh getting the wedding ring buying a buying our first house and in that episode it very much was about the money 
and the prestige attached to buying the ring from the correct store with a jewelry box and all of that. And it was really like, there was all this frustration. And like you just said, this episode could have been a conflict about her making financial decisions for them without consulting him. Like you feel like if this were in an earlier season of the show, that would have been what it was about. Mm. But instead they make this, it's just not, the conflict is not that really it's more about it's kind of more like diane's romantic nature is really the source of the conflict but Um, it's presented as being it's presented as being more of an an endearing quality in this episode than you know like there's not as much oftentimes when the subject of her being just kind of airy and having these fanciful ideas comes up in an episode this will be the butt of many jokes with the cheers gang and there's not that much of that that this episode and if there is it's kind of a little bit more just not as there's just not as much biting there's not as much making fun of diane in this episode as there usually would be with an episode like this i think i think that's true but if you were a viewer who maybe was predisposed to not liking the way diane gets tunnel visioned and so obsessive this episode really without this is a pretty extreme kind of behavior for Diane. And and this was one of the questions that I wanted to get to, like asking about the way she acts in this episode and the way it does present her, because you're right. Like they don't, they don't make fun of her a whole lot, but how do I, how do I, so if Cheers wasn't a sitcom, if it wasn't established and known that every character beat every line of dialogue everything is in service of making the audience laugh and if we held the characters to any kind of real scrutiny i think an episode like this i think you would understand that within the the history of the show diane was committed to a mental health facility just three years earlier (laughs) yeah there that is is that (laughs) this is kind of irrational borderline psychotic behavior like the way the way she treats this the way she buys a house spur of the moment and then for the reasons of feeling overly sentimental to the couple that she knows for all of 90 seconds she is so attached to their memories and their family history that she refuses to live there and then won't flip the house for a profit or let Sam do it. Like, because she, well, kind of getting into like later parts, but like, yeah, if, if I, if we, if we didn't love Diane, this episode would make me hate Diane, I think. And But the and, thing is that you do. Exactly. Exactly. And you're but you, like, it, it just, it just really skates the razor's edge of as you said making her endearing because it's close because there are certainly times when there's certainly times when i'm thinking sam is being way too patient with her (laughs) see i that's what i but i liked that about Mm -hmm. it because i felt like that's kind of their relationship i mean they both frank i mean if you okay you want to hold diane up to real life standards you do that with any character on this show, and oh, probably, they're all—they're all—they're—it's—they're all, they're, all high-functioning alcoholics. Not just all, Sam. Yes. <laughs> Sam is the only one who's been through recovery, but they all are. Yeah, that's yeah. No, I—I I, I realized the, the the slope that I'm sliding down, but yeah. 
Right. So I think that you can't really judge. I mean, I, I think that it's one of those situations where you have to see, I, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, we, the audience members know that this conflict is going to be resolved by the end of the half an hour. So I'm just not, I think it was more like fun to see. It was kind of more fun to see Sam be forced to be patient about this mm. and come to the solution that he did. And yeah. I wasn't really thinking about the real world implications of the kind of person who would do such a, I mean, her, her whole, Diane does have this very romantic idea, you know, she, whatever, she's an English major. She yeah. has these romantic, <laughs> fantastical ideas about life. And I thought that the, um, the, I guess the heart of the issue, there was something, I don't know, I found it, there's something sweet about it. It's like, I'm putting on, you know, I take, I suspend disbelief. And the actual, you know, what it was, I think we were meant to see it as she sort of, she was maybe seeing their future in this couple. So there was mm -hmm. something of like transference, maybe projecting onto them. Like she's about to start this life with her husband, theoretically in her own mind at this point, at least. So she's thinking of like, oh, in 40 years, we'll be leaving this house and somebody will be taking it from us. And, you know, I think there was a little bit of that. And it was actually interesting to hear Sam, instead of just blowing up at her, him actually trying to sort of talk her through the issue and kind of point out how she was treating it, like basically saying like every house has memories. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess the scenario was ridiculous, but the way that the characters dealt with it, I found kind of refreshing for this show because normally there would be a lot more high octane yeah. conflict about something like this and people would be calling her crazy and maybe it's because they knew that she was leaving the show shortly after that the writers were like let's cut diana break and give her an episode where she's kind of nuts but everybody just goes with it and it's yeah. sort of and sort of like rolls with the punches and and lets her be crazy and then the issue is resolved by the end in a, in a way that felt very true to the characters actually i do i am excited to talk about the ending because i thought that yeah. was very them there there's a bit where they very literally just roll with her crazy behavior which is almost my home run in the episode but jumping back just a little bit so like once when they're first at the house sam brings his favorite piece of art this painting of dogs playing blackjack which is a great recurring joke that they come back to again and like he, he loves this thing and he says that every time he sees it he cracks up and she's like yeah that's the point of art and diane hates it but it's like this, you know, little compromise that she's willing to make, except she doesn't want him hanging it up in the living room. And then, yes, then we meet the, this elderly couple, Burton, Lillian Miller, who are uh, played by Billy Bird and Douglas Seal. Um, and they come in and they're like, yeah, we took one last look at the house and they, they have all of these memories that they're calling out. And they're like, we, we had 40 great Christmases here. She's like, oh, no, only 39. We're, we didn't quite make it to Christmas this year. But then as soon as she as soon as they leave, Diane says she refuses to live there. She feels guilty. Um, like she's just yeah, she's she's seeing the their ghosts. And I, I think you're right. She's kind of like picturing their future and like already kind of tortured by this. Um at that point, <laughs> Carla, Norm, Cliff, Woody, and Fraser show up at the house to shower them with a housewarming party. And they have balloons, drinks sandwich platters <laughs> and diane says stop i can't live here she's like they don't belong there she won't live one day or one minute everyone please leave 
and without a word, the gang just turns around and walks out. And Norm, just a couple of years ago, this might have taken me by surprise, but now I just roll with it. It's just perfect. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty classic. And Norm being the one who has to say, this is just the typical, you know, that kind of reminded me of um, the, the season three finale when, um, when, Sam is asking Norm about whether or not he should get on the plane to go to Italy. And Norm is sort of like, yeah, well, you know, basically saying to get individually, you're great people together. You stink. And then Sam <laughs> says he's going to go. And he's like, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just, yeah, he knows it. He's just, uh, I did want to go, I did want to go back slightly. So before yep. they come, that, is, that joke was very funny. Before the couple comes, they see, you see the couple moving out of the house. I did think it was interesting to um, hear them kind of talking about their, how they de- imagine their domestic life being together. And, and um, Sam talking about the fact that his dad had a workshop. And so he expects to have a workshop in their house and everything yeah it was just an it's just an interesting it's a different side of his character you know moving out of the kind of the womanizer phase to have a little bit more of uh just like what a settled down sam imagines his life will be like is kind of interesting and i mean i don't having not watched most of the later seasons i don't know if I mean, obviously, I know he still dates in the later seasons, but I don't know if they ever really, you know, if him maybe settling into a more mature bachelor life is ever really addressed in the later seasons of the show. But I, I don't know. It's just it's interesting. I like seeing a different side of his character. His, his evolution takes a few years, but yeah, we'll see a little bit of that. But yeah, interesting that like that that's like his one go to memory. It's like the smell of sawdust and like kind of like thinking, projecting that like what his like the kind of husband and father his dad was and that's like his his role so that's kind of what he pictures yeah do we think of is 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 sam uh, like a hands-on mr fix-it type of guy do we do we imagine him being that way or do you think he like hires somebody else to when something goes wrong in the bar does he just hire somebody else to do work on it he can work a screwdriver and some basic tools and everything like that but no i i don't think he's he doesn't have like the the carpentry or electrician no i I I think he's a little bit a little bit too much of a diva type yeah (laughs) it's just it was an interesting you know it's like clearly his dad was that type so right right the the other plans he has for the house uh because diane says she has a plan for every room in the house and he's like yeah so does he and each one of his plans it's sexual in nature yeah well Um, that's 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 your typical sam malone yeah I love after after the the gang leaves, or like he and Woody have one more moment before Woody walks out when they're looking at the the picture of the dogs and they're just cracking up over it. And then when they're he's he shouts out to them as they're leaving, he's like, "I'm sorry, guys. It's just it's a bad time." And you just hear Carla shouting, "Wait till the honeymoon!" (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, he he tries to comfort her, and he he kind of talks about the, the whole. Every house has memories. Every house has ghosts. I think is the line that he mentions. And but it's all basically as he's getting her to the point where she might be consoled, he takes it too far and tries to get her naked. And she, but, which is also classic, Sam. Yeah, uh, that would that I liked that scene. It was interesting to have him. I just felt like he took he took it seriously. I guess anybody who's going to be in a relationship with Diane Chambers 
has to understand that she has a fanciful imagination. Right. And the only way to deal with it is even if you think what she's saying is ridiculous, just you do have to at some, you have to be on her level. You do have to take it seriously because I think she can be talked around. I mean, eventually he has to use drastic methods to deal with the situation. But I mean, I thought that him saying, you know, him pointing out that that's, it was just a nice moment to see him pointing out to her that, you know, the reality is like every house has people who've lived there and you just, you got to make your own memories. This episode was just, I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, but it wasn't, there weren't a lot of laugh out loud, funny jokes. I thought it was more kind of interesting character work, I would say, than, you know, and maybe also what I was saying about it, almost feeling like this is like a backdoor pilot to, cheers on earth Two, where shelly long <laughs> stayed on the show <laughs> yeah i think i think that's right yeah and then they go they go back to the bar later on and they're trying to sell the house to another couple and sam is like getting a, a bottle of champagne ready because he's like you know i at first i was you know driving me crazy but now i think we actually might be able to turn a profit here and then the couple comes out very disappointed and, say, and diane says i'm sorry it's my final decision please leave and he's like, what did you do? And she's like, those people were bereft of soul. They only wanted the house to live there. But she feels that they're robbing the Millers of their happy memories. And Sasson Frazier comes to the rescue by suggesting that they give them one more Christmas there to sort of transition and help Diane absolve herself of, of the guilt she feels. Uh, Sam thinks it's a dumb idea, but Diane loves it. So she's like, they'll invite the Millers and their whole family over for Christmas celebration. And Sam goes, well, what do we do until December? Bunk out with Mock Clavin? Yeah, that was what I was thinking of when I was thinking of other, on Earth 3, that's a backdoor pilot for a totally different version good, of this show. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, actually, there isn't, what season is it? Is it season 11? There's a later season episode when Sam gets locked out of his apartment and locked out of the bar overnight and has to go to everybody else. And he ends up spending the night with Cliff and Mock Clavin. She's in a, uh, she's in a few episodes, isn't she? Yeah. Mark yeah. Clavin. Yep. Yeah. She comes back. She's a, she's in some really good episodes coming down, down the line too. Yeah. Uh, so they end up inviting the Millers and their children and their grandchildren, the whole family clan there to have a Christmas in the summer when it's 80 degrees outside um and like the it's the uh, diane is playing hostess sam unfortunately is dressed as santa claus passing out the gifts and there's a lot of jokes about him being way too hot in the costume she's, she's like we still have to roast the chestnuts he's like no they're already roasting or something i think that was i think that might have been my favorite joke <laughs> that was good. He, he actually he actually sits down at one point and turns the fan pointed like right at his <laughs> crotch midsection it was good Yes. Yeah. Diane is wearing her, uh, she's definitely wearing her seasonally appropriate cocktail dress too. Yeah. It's like, looks like something you'd wear at a Christmas party. So yeah. uh, she's got an, an outfit for every occasion. We've yeah, got she... the uh, grandchild who really wants ice in her hot <laughs> cider. <laughs> because it's 80 degrees. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> um yeah yeah what is it she's like we diane tells sam she's like we don't want to spoil their illusions and he's like don't you think the fact that santa's here in mid-may sweating bullets is making them suspicious yeah um 
and the the millers they remember the, the all the christmases and easter celebrations and they don't want the girls to forget and one of the little girls they i don't remember easter and then diane is ready to offer it she's like come back next week we'll throw you another easter party and that is the part where sam just freaks out and tells her he's like this is their home you had your time, but I mean, the, I don't think he ever actually points out the fact that this couple, like, they weren't evicting this couple. They sold it. It was their decision right. to leave. Um, and he could have, like, you know, probably put, hammered that point home a little bit more. But he's like, this is our house now. You can't have it anymore. And <laughs> the, the grandmother is like, Santa's right. He may have been a little bit rude about it. We <laughs> have been imposing. So so they they all decide to leave and Sam is ready for perhaps an, a, a crestfallen or explosive Diane, but he she kind of surprises him because she says that the Faust finally feels like it's theirs because he he claimed it for them. He like a sort of primal <laughs> primeval man. He kind of declared it and fought for the house and on their and then at that point, then Diane is finally ready to be intimate with him, and they go to the dining room. And then my favorite part, just the the final Sam just starts laughing when he's out of earshot. Just the sound of him laughing, and Diane just has to storm out carrying the painting of the dogs. I just love that last bit. Uh, don't you think oh. that this ending, how this issue is resolved, is very um, like season two power play? yeah a little bit yeah i i that's all i could think was that this is like what this is the part of him that she is really attractive to her is the alpha male you know like doesn't take no for an answer or or won't put up with other people's crap i think that's like sort of uh i feel like this episode was kind of illustrative of what works about their relationship or what actually attracts them to each other it's kind of my overall feeling about it, but like this particular, just because I think of it's the episode where their relationship really began um, was power play. I mean, I guess it, it, I guess it was the season finale for season one, but it's just, that's what it made me think of it. It reminded me of the whole reversal where Sam thinks she's called the cops on him for like busting down the door, but actually (laughs) she's like really into it. (laughs) That's a little, he thought that she was going to be really mad for, for uh, him kicking these people out. Did you think that the couple was sort of taking advantage of Diane's like extreme empathy for them? Perhaps, yeah. I mean, you Uh, can't really, you don't really know what the conversation was about this Christmas party, but the fact that they agreed to it I mean, also also the scene where they're leaving and they're kind of like really laying it on thick that they missed the house. It almost feels like there's a Maybe I'm just giving Diane too much credit, being like, these people were guilting her. But uh, it's it I mean, a little think, bit like that. I, I think the dialogue had to be such in order to justify Diane getting to the place emotionally where she That's was. true. Yeah, they had to be but, really laying it on thick. Yeah, and I, I guess the other thing is, like, we don't really... It feels like we were kind of, like, missing a generation of that family like we, we kind of get the 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 parents Bert and Lily and they and their kind of memories but like what about their kids don't their kids feel awkward it's like you don't live here anymore there's just this strange couple that's now hosting our Christmas party in the middle of the summer like mom dad you gotta move into your condo or whatever like let's get out of here like it's just like I feel like so some of the the grown-up children should have been like this is weird let's leave yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of things about there's a lot of things about this 
scenario that really don't stand up to a lot of scrutiny. I mean, just the whole idea of them yeah. going back to the house and having a Christmas party. Again, getting back to the point that this, this is a sitcom after all, and it has to follow. Yeah, it, either, it doesn't you, have to follow. Have, yeah. it doesn't, you don't have to scrutinize it as long as it holds up to sitcom logic. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I sort of already answered your question about how I feel Diane was in this episode, but okay, I guess to defend her, because that's apparently how I feel, I need what I feel I need to do, since very few people will. I thought that the place, even though the behavior was irrational, um, I thought that the place it was coming from was kind of sweet. It's like she's very high, emp- I mean, that's kind of the nice side of her, is that she's very sensitive and high empathy. So even if it was you know, manifesting in a slightly neurotic, exaggerated sitcom character kind of way. I thought that there was something about that that was, you know, kind of sweet. And I feel like Sam also thought the couple was sweet. They thought that he thought he said they're a nice old couple. So I think maybe my justification in my mind for why he was so patient with her about it was uh, because he saw that it was coming from a sweet place you know like she just whatever she cares about people's other people's feelings like the scene where they're looking at the places where the other couple had you know marked they, their they measure the heights of yeah, the children, they measure yeah. the heights of the children and <laughs> and he was kind of like trying to make her laugh about it uh like about whatever the little girl being like With some kind of giant genie was a moose yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah imagine her doing ballet which yeah, yeah. there's an extra element of humor there knowing we as we all know how uh, diane is at doing ballet right um so i don't know like that part of it i felt like yeah i guess i just kind of went with it and i thought it was the reason why he was so unnaturally patient was because he kind of knew that it was coming maybe he sort of knew that she was just being really sensitive and empathetic but eventually she would run herself this emotion would run itself out and that she would go back to loving the house like that she was the one who saw in the first place that they both liked the other thing was i thought that the uh the dog painting in addition to being kind of the funniest reoccurring gag in the episode for me i actually thought her reaction to him with it was kind of cute I don't know. There's, there was a lot about this episode that was very cute, sweet yeah. to me. Like, uh, even though she thinks it's tacky, his amusement, his like kind of boneheaded amusement at it, she's laughing at him laughing at it. Like, right. the, it's, it's like the acting, you know, it's the acting between Shelly and Ted and their chemistry that there was a lot of um, silent, small moments with the characters. And it's probably just because the actors are so comfortable with each other at this point. Yeah. In the show, even though I think probably behind the scenes there was a lot of tension at this point in the run, as far as I can tell. But you know, that's not showing on screen, as far as I'm concerned. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's like one of the things that I was thinking of overall. With you know, it's just they're they may have you know a lot of differences, but uh, they just like being around each other. Ultimately, is what I was the sense I was getting from this episode, which is why I kind of felt like oh, there's a way. The way they are in this episode, I think there is a universe where in sitcom standard terms, not real life terms, I can't actually see these people, you know, (laughs) I could see season five finale, them getting married at the end for real and that being the end of the show. And there's a universe where that's emotionally satisfying to me, as opposed to what we got and, you know, branching off and doing the essential soft reboot of the show is kind of how I think of it back into being more of an ensemble workplace company. 
for seasons six through is it 11 or 12 yeah yeah i think that's a good look at it, a, a good kind of perspective um and was watching this episode again like i kind of teased that my initial reaction was just deep frustration with diane and thinking like oh my gosh we're we're reverting back we're we're, we're backsliding to her obsessive tunnel vision nature that we saw earlier in the season when she was so fixated on getting engaged and forcing Sam to propose to her. And then when he proposed to her, she said no again and again and how frustrating that was. And now, okay, now she buys the house that without even consulting him. And then she refuses to live in it. Once he is convinced that it's, it was a good idea lose like losing my my sympathy for this character but then almost uh, almost got to that point but then it it, it is redeemed because of it i guess you point out the inherent sweetness and then couple that with this idea that i i really like that you kind of brought up to it that there is like i i, I sort of looked at two of the um the previous episodes this season with fraser and lilith as sort of backdoor pilots for the fraser and lilith spinoff that we actually don't get for until like six years later when, when Frazier starts his own thing. But yeah, like this kind of feels like it could have been the setup for the I Sam and Diane spinoff. That was just like their life separate from cheers because I, well, that was the thing I always imagined once they got married, Diane wasn't going to stay at the bar. Like she might go there occasionally to visit or to talk to Sam or, or tell him about something going on. But that wouldn't be her life there. So how would you divide her screen time or something like that? So like it, for, for her character to survive, I think you would need this kind of spinoff of the Malones as this domestic romantic comedy show. Yeah, it would have been interesting. And I, I think we, I think I, I am now kind of convinced that there was a place for it it would have been an interesting show because the characters are so established and the actress chemistry was so great and we see them now in this comfortable zone where yeah she is academically and intellectually superior to him but she kind of likes him and she's even called him her big lug from time to time and and there's something cute that she can't help that she's like yeah she maybe she belongs with somebody like Frasier or Sumner but they don't push her buttons the way Sam does and and there's they, they, it's kind of like a cute little nature to it. So that might have been a fun sitcom to go on for another season or two, but it wouldn't have been Cheers. I don't. No, think, it would not have. Been I don't cheers, think Diane yeah. could have. I don't think Diane could have survived in Cheers any more than she did. Yeah, I think because so much of her character's place in the bar is in opposition to everybody else, including Sam. So if she and Sam are a united front in the sense of literally being married, then there is an element of that inherent, the conflict that's built into the premise of the show where she's the outsider coming into the bar environment that is just lost. Yeah, their relationship, yeah. you know, as far as the most explosive, interesting episodes of them in the show, I think were really, you know, the episodes where they're breaking up, they're making up. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of really explosive conflict about who they are as people. Um, you know, there's the fundamental major differences and I guess on a kind of meta level, like sort of battle of the sexes style conflict, woman versus right. man. 
um, in some pretty extreme ways. I'm not saying that like Diane is emblematic of all women and Sam of all men, but they are kind of archetypes of a certain mm-hmm. type of woman and a certain type of man, especially in the 1980s. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. You know, I think that watching this episode has in some ways given me some peace about you know <laughs> Shelley Long <laughs> leaving the show like I mean personally obviously she has no regrets about it and uh I can just like live in the world where I look at this episode and think I think there is a universe where these people could have stayed married and got together I it's funny because a lot of the the writers from the show are very adamant that their whole thing is that these characters could have never worked long term mm-hmm. when it's like there's episodes like this which to me suggests the opposite but you know they also had to i think there is a certain amount of after she left they really had to double down on that view of the characters and the relationships and certainly i think the finale of the show really pretty mm-hmm. adamant that these people will never get to never get back together or never stay together right well we got one more episode this season before shelly long's departure we'll kind of see what that pretends and, and what's, um, what imaginary uh, circumstances might have been if they had stayed a couple and if they had stayed married. Uh, yes. we'll, see that, we'll see that in the next episode. And how they chose to, and how they chose to write her out, I think mm-hmm. is very interesting because there's a yep. lot of ways, there's a lot of ways you could have done that. And uh, my feeling is that they actually did do it in a very respectful way of the character yep. that was yep. true to her. For Norm's tab, Norm had two beers this episode uh, because we weren't in the bar for very often, uh, which brings him up to 482 for the series. Um, I think you may have already said it, but who was your MVP for the episode? Who did you think was the best character? Oh, I think Sam for being a good fiance who put up with a lot and who ultimately proved to be an alpha and staked his claim. I also I found I, I also found I also found him with the dog painting just very in, <laughs> it was just very endearing. You yeah. know what that it's not just that the characters were sweet and cute or whatever. It, there was just something very endearing about both of them to me in this episode. Maybe it is because it's the twilight run of the relationship, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like sometimes both of those characters can be kind of they have some sort of a mean spiritedness can come out with all of the characters on this show but specifically those two and i just there wasn't any of that in this episode which like isn't something that is sustainable in the long term of this show but for one episode was just kind of (laughs) nice yeah i i agree with everything he's just said and yeah sam was my mvp for the episode too um and and he he gets the best he gets my best laugh because his laugh at the very end that that final cap or that third reference to the dog painting when they come back to the last thing when he's taking diane into the other room for sex and he just starts laughing and you don't even see him you just hear him cracking up and she storms out of the room carrying the painting yeah, it's just not was... a it's not a turn on for her no so, i just thought it was a it was a perfect ending um, uh, yeah i loved him uh getting into the weeds with the specific dogs in the painting like <laughs> doesn't he make us reference like the bloodhound yeah, like what move he's making with the, yeah yeah he's like he's the... like diane you're not understanding the subtlety of it this dog over here is cheating <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was just very yeah that was very it was like what is what i like about 
Sam's character really is that he's a simple man with a uh, simple taste, but they're right. very, inf- it's his laugh is infectious. Yeah. yeah. Him and him and Woody comparing which version of the dogs playing <laughs> poker. <laughs> he's got Woody has the one where it's on a train, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then the, the runner-up, my my second my second place award um, is just the gang showing up for the housewarming party, and Diane just telling them to leave, and they just turn around and they just they're just like, okay, we get it, we should have known. <laughs> like they, they're like nothing nothing about Diane surprises us anymore. No, <laughs> I think that my funniest joke was uh, her saying that they need to get the chestnuts roasting on the fire, and <laughs> Sam saying, "Oh, that that's already going on," and the way that yeah. he wiggles. The way that he yes. uh, wiggles at that point it was just really good physical comedy yeah. acting from Ted. Like, like shakes shakes his pants to sort of yeah, fan shakes himself. his pants to illustrate the point. I think that was yes. my favorite small small good. joke. That was really good. Yeah. Um, well, Isabel, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Um, uh, I, I know uh the the rebecca years might not be uh <laughs> your expertise but i hope we can get you back for one of those episodes in the future oh whatever cheers is cheers it's still <laughs> funny it's still great i love the characters um you should get me on one that has a really really mean diane joke i think that would be fun <laughs> all right i'll find one i'll find a good one so all right thanks all right well thanks again for being on this episode and thanks to all of you out there who listen to cheers cast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com you can also support the fire and water podcast network on patreon special thanks to ashford from the right on podcast network and rick from jeff and rick presents who sponsor this show Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. They're singing their carols. We passed out the present. Now, can we put out the stupid fire and, and get the Millers out of here, please? Oh, but Sam, we haven't roasted the chestnuts oh, yet. Guess again, sweetheart. <laughs>